pitched. Time for Dodger baseball. A great strike play. Dodgers have won it all in 2020. Mookie Betts. Cranks him. Left field. They're going to make big signings. They're going to make impact trades. I don't care how many times this team rips my heart out, I'll never stop loving the Los Angeles Dodgers. Think blue, bleed blue, and I'm out. Non-roster invites that could have an impact for the Dodgers this season. We've got the Dodgers that have been signed to minor league contracts, the impact they could have this year. We are breaking it all down, the latest Dodgers news. What up, Dodgers Nation? Doug McCain here. Friends call me DMAC. You can follow me on X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. And we got a jam-packed show for you, and we also are inching closer and closer to 80,000 subscribers. And once we hit that 80K on the YouTube channel, we are giving away a brand new Shohei Otani number 17 Dodgers jersey and all you have to do to be eligible for the giveaway is one be subscribed to the channel and two comment done down below that's the easiest thing you'll ever have to do to get an authentic Otani jersey and also you'll be eligible for our future giveaways we're doing tickets we're doing autographs we're doing jerseys we're gonna give away tons of stuff this season here at Dodgers Nation it's gonna be a big year it's all thanks to you so be sure to subscribe to make sure you're eligible for those giveaways and diving into the comments here guys welcome in dodgers dugout live a new week we're inching closer and closer to pitchers and catchers reporting less than three weeks away fan fest is right around the corner hey football season's coming to an end pretty soon here that means dodger baseball is going to take center stage before we know we got what's up dmac we got bleed blue from jesse joe mama what up joe mama says hey dmac we got jesse over there philip fountain yeah definitely fire away with all your takes I read them after the show. I read them during the show. I got my super producer, Jordan, here to my left. He's always looking for your comments and your takes and really appreciate all those takes down below. We got done, done, done. That's from Mike Boyer. We got hashtag done. We got Darren. Let's go, DMAC. Have we called the Marlins yet? Hello. What are we waiting for? Darren, I noticed that. A lot of people talking about Tanner Scott all of a sudden must be big fans of the Dodgers dugout live stream because we've been talking about Tanner Scott since the summertime. You know how I feel about him. Will it happen before the season? There really hasn't been a lot of smoke. Really, I think what the Dodgers are going to do, and we'll dive deeper into this in a second here, is I think they're going to enter the season, see what they have with these young guys, see what they have with some of these non-roster invites. And let's not forget, there's still a ton of talent in this bullpen. You've got Evan Phillips, Bruce Dark, Gratterall, J.P. Fireisen making his debut for the Dodgers after they acquired him from the Rays. You have Joe Kelly back in the fold. The big question, though, are the left-handed pitchers, the Alex Vessias, the Caleb Fergusons. Is that enough? The Ryan Yarbros, right? Only three lefty relievers on that 40-man roster. But we'll dive into that in just a second here. But reading some of your comments on a Monday, like I said, Dodger baseball, you can start to feel that baseball in the air. Dodger baseball fan fest. You've got the... Pitchers and catchers reporting. Before we know it, it's going to be opening day. I'm telling you, it's going to be the biggest year for Dodger baseball. Most anticipated season in franchise history. What up, D-Mac from Whittier? What up, Mr. G? Obey 2388 Whittier. Mel French to say Whittier where the girls are prettier. I don't know if that's true, Jordan, but it's nice to hear. We got World Series bound baby from Joe Rodriguez. Are you ready for spring training? That's from Jesse DMAC. Hello. Hope all is well. All is well, guys. I'm drinking. You guys want me to drink more water? Here we go. 
stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Actually, probably Hornitos, to be honest here. Hey, BMAC, we got Hello Dad. What up, DMAC Jr.? You're supposed to be in school, DMAC Jr. You got to definitely, probably in math class right now, saying two plus two is six or something like that. It's not going to work. Okay, study. But let's dive right into the news headlines. And we're going to spend a lot of this show talking about these non-roster invites because I want you guys to get familiar with some of these names, some of these arms, because... Last season, a lot of these non-roster invites, a lot of these players that you didn't know at this time last year ended up having an impact for this team, end up getting an opportunity for this team. Well, we are definitely going to be well-versed on these guys after this show, but let's dive into some headlines because I don't know if you guys saw this, but Anthony Rendon, a player who the Dodgers showed some interest in when he was a free agent a few years back. There was some talk that maybe the Dodgers go after him. They made him an offer. But what did Anthony Rendon say? Anthony Rendon said that he didn't want to be a part of that Hollywood lifestyle. He didn't want to live that Hollywood lifestyle with the Dodgers. Well, Anthony Rendon was on Jack Vita's show, a live stream podcast, and he was asked about something that he would change with Major League Baseball. What would he change about this sport? And Rendon told him, we got to shorten the season, man. There's too many dang games, 162 games in 185 days or whatever it is. Man, no, we got to shorten this bad boy up. Let's go. So Anthony Rendon wants to shorten the season. Anthony Rendon, a player that in four seasons, four seasons with the Angels, He's played in 200 out of a possible 546 games. That's 36%, okay? He wants the seasons to be shorter. Bro, all of your seasons have been shortened. All of your seasons have been shorter seasons because you can't stay on the field. He should have his mail sent to the IL because he practically lives there. So I don't want to hear about you want a shorter season. All of your seasons are shortened, bro. Also, he signed a seven-year, $245 million deal with the Angels, and you don't want to play 162 games, but you want that 162-game paycheck. You want that $245 million contract. So, look, I bet you like that money, and all I know is Halo fans, Angel fans, if you want to talk about shortened seasons, Halo fans, they would like to shorten that seven-year $245 million contract because Anthony Rendon has been a bust for the Angels, so I don't want to hear anything about a shortened season. Look, baseball season is long. The baseball season is a marathon. Guess what? We get games every day. The summer is incredible. Every single day, you've got something to do. You've got something to talk about. And don't get me wrong. I'm as big of a football fan as there is. I'm as big of a basketball fan as there is. But there's just something about every single day 
you're getting games in Major League Baseball. And I think that that's something that sets baseball apart from most sports is that it is a marathon. There is a law of attrition that comes into play where when you're the last man standing, when you're the last team standing in baseball, it means something. It means more because you've had to endure injuries. You've had to endure the ebbs and flows of a big league seasons. You're going to have your downs. You're going to have your ups. It's a roller coaster of a year. And that's what I think makes this sport special. And I think on top of that, I think in the past, yeah, when you were playing division opponents 19 times per year and the Dodgers were beating up on the Rockies and they were beating up on the Diamondbacks and some of these division opponents. Yeah, I think that maybe it did get a little stale there. There's no doubt about that. But since we've had the balanced schedule of last season, we got 13 games per opponent. I think that the scarcity of that has only helped the sport. I love the fact that Giants games mean more. I love the fact that Yankees games are seen every single year. Dodgers, Yankees next year at Yankee Stadium. Shohei Otani, that's must-see TV, right? So I think baseball's in a good spot. I don't think they need to shorten the season. We've seen the past. You can have a 162-game season, and it's still leads to great postseason. So I think Anthony Rendon needs to just, quite frankly, just keep stealing money from the angels and keep being a bust because, Hey, this is someone that is talking from the couch, right? We don't need to hear from Anthony Rendon, but give me your takes on Anthony Rendon because I was triggered. I was triggered. It'd be one thing if it was an Iron Man, right? It'd be one thing if it was Cal Ripken or Lou Gehrig or one of these players that has played so many games consecutively, but no, that isn't the case. It's Anthony Rendon, a guy that has played in 36% of his team's games over the last four seasons. So I don't want to hear anything from Mr. Anthony Hollywood lifestyle hater Rendon. So There we go. There's my comments back in Major League Baseball. So here we go. We got, uh, what are your thoughts on Anthony Rendon? I was triggered. I didn't like those comments. I don't want to hear from Rendon. Just keep stealing money from the Angels. But here we go. We got, what's up, Doug? What up, Jesus over there? Mitchell Hopkins, DMAC. I want to go to Japan to watch the Dodgers' top prospect, Roki Sasaki, in person. Mitchell, I saw what you did right there. It's a little presumptuous but I respect it. It's manifesting. Let's act like we already have Roki Sasaki. By the way, if you want to know more about Roki Sasaki, I dropped another video on him last week that really goes in the ins and outs of the Dodgers' pursuit of him and why some of their international spending was not as much as we've seen in the past. They were very judicious with their spending this offseason, this time period for the international spending because Roki Sasaki is someone who could be made available next offseason. So definitely, I don't want to fall too deep into that hole right there, but definitely go check that out right now if you're all into Roki Sasaki. I actually do it after the show. But uh, we got Bobby Jenkins. Then I'll be ready to watch some spring training games and regular season games. Swelling Sausage. It's raining out here at the ranch, DMAC. You're at the ranch, right? I like it. You're at the ranch, swelling sausage. Hey, you know what the rain is? Probably Anthony Rendon's tears because he's crying because he has to play a full 162-game season. Like button smash. Thank you for a great channel. That's from Lance Jennings. Yeah, definitely. Anytime you guys smash that like button, it helps the channel. Anytime you comment, it helps the channel. And because of you, like I said, this is your show. I'm just hosting it, man of the fan here, DMAC. But 
This has become the number one Dodgers YouTube channel, and it is because of you guys out there, and we can't thank you enough. We got Justin Lombas, Hollywood Lifestyle. <laughs> this had me, okay, I got a, that's interesting, AIT Swiss I see in my text matches. Uh, Muncie, yes, Lux, no. Forget the Otani jersey. Let's put on our DMAC Dodgers Nation jerseys. <laughs> that's from uh, A-Ray 22. We got Carnivorous Lunar Activity in the chat. It did. So let's get some more. We got Let's Go Dodgers. Shorten his pay. That's what I'm talking about, Tayo, over on YouTube. We got Roy Estrada. Rendon is a clown, wants to change the rules within pickleball and never played. I didn't know about that. He wants to change the rules within pickleball. My dad with a fire take. What up, DMAC Jr.? Get to class. I'm telling you. We got a super chat here. We appreciate that. Help pay for this studio. Help pay for Otani's contract. This is from Jay Dangler over on YouTube. Dodgers will be World Series champions if Josh Hader misses the mark as much as Doug's barber. Fire take. And I respect that. And yes, there's a better chance that we bring back Noah Syndergaard and Lance Lynn than me going back to the barber I went to a few weeks ago. I'm not going to name names here, but yeah, the fade wasn't right. I'll take the L on it. You can see it in my video with Tim Rogers. Okay, geez. But uh, I respect the roast. You guys know me. I dish it, but I can also take it. And I love you guys' roast. We got Hollywood Lifestyle, Justin Lamas. We got Randy. I'm going to use that 499 for a new haircut, Jay. Just so you know, you get that fade right. Uh, what a complete letdown. Yeah, I agree for uh, Rendon. He has, yeah, that's funny. Uh, Rendon complaining about the Hollywood lifestyle sure seems to live like one. Shay, DMAC, what's going on, my man? I had to subscribe to the best Dodger channel. Amazing info on your doing big things. Congrats, man. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. I mean, I appreciate uh, all you guys out there repping us, rocking with us from start to finish and seeing this channel get to where it is. And it's all thanks to you. And look, the beauty is we're just getting started. I can't even overemphasize this enough. It cannot be overstated. This is the most anticipated season in the history of Dodgers baseball, right? Shohei Otani, Yamamoto, Betts, Freeman, a team that has a chance to do something very, very special. We got Deera saying Anthony Rendon. I like that. I like that. He's Rendon, his career. Rendon is softer than baby poop. I edited the last one because you used profanity there, and this is the family show. But the right field pavilion, by the way, chef's kiss on your username. Okay, that's fire right there. I want to see that all-you-can-eat pavilion. They lost money on me. When they had that back in the day, swelling sausage. I think Friedman is already paying Roki. Did you see how they interacted swelling sausage? Look, I too own a tinfoil hat. I read extremely into things. And if you saw the interview with Andrew Friedman, when I asked him period point blank, I said, Andrew, Mr. Friedman, when are the Dodgers going to get back into the Japanese market with the history? Kuroda, Nomo, list goes on and on. When are they going to get back in the market? And he said that you've got a lot of talent over, Jap over in Japan. And in Japan, they're developing talent right now better than anyone on the planet. And he said, you've got two guys this year. And he was referring to Yamamoto and Imanaga. We know where those guys signed. But he also said, you have players in the future. And to me, that screamed Roki Sasaki. So make of that what you will. Robert, hello, DMAC. Rendon's season is always short. There you go. I like how this, the first part of the show, L-O-T on fire day. Give yourself a fire take. Fire take. DMAC is my favorite Dodgers commentator. Michael Boyer, I appreciate that. But let's keep rolling with the news because, like I said, 
The meat of the show today, we are talking about the Dodgers non-roster invites because I dove into some of the numbers yesterday. There's some guys that definitely have some upside. They definitely have some potential, and there's no doubt about that. So another quick headline, though, is Dodgers GM Brandon Gomes. He said some very encouraging news, a very encouraging comments about Gavin Lux. Gomes said Luxie is progressing very well. So he's on track to go out and be ready to be full go come opening day. He'll go on to say Gavin's on pace to have an impact. He's feeling good and they still have Miggy behind him. Who's going to play a bunch all over the infield. So if you watch the episode we spent on Gavin Lux, we talked about a lot of this stuff. The fact that this organization is still heavily invested in Gavin Lux. They have all the belief in the world that he has the potential and can realize that potential as the Dodgers long-term solution at shortstop. This confirms that also confirms that they have Miguel Rojas, a top five defensive shortstop as a backup option. There are not a lot of teams in Major League Baseball that have the luxury, the depth that the Dodgers do. And to have Miguel Rojas in the position that he plays for this team, it just speaks to the roster construction that this team has put together. And kudos to them because everything that Brandon Gomes said is correct. Lux is ready to go. They believe in Lux and that Miguel Rojas is someone that could have an impact as well. So I'm very excited about Lux. He's someone who's been putting in weight. He's going to hit more than six home runs this season. Hopefully he hits close to 300. We talked a lot about that on our previous show. So definitely go back and watch that. Then also I found this very interesting and a little bit of a plug here. We're going to see a couple clips from this in a little bit, but I did an interview with my friend Casey Porter, who does a tremendous job talking all things Dodger baseball, but he does a tremendous job talking about Dodgers prospects, breaking down prospects, interviewing prospects. He is a prospect savant, especially as it pertains to the Los Angeles Dodgers. And I had a really long conversation with him. I'm going to drop that interview later today, but we're going to see some clips on his takes about some young Dodgers pitchers that could have an impact. And one player that Casey and I discussed was Andy Pajes. And Andy Pajes is someone who has a frozen rope. He's got a cannon, an absolute rocket of an arm. And he also has prodigious power. He can cover all quadrants of the zone. He's someone who's a very talented hitter. He, did not play very much last season because he had the torn labrum and missed most of the year. But it looks like we're not going to see his debut until the 2025 season. This is from MLB.com's Juan Toribio. Juan Toribio wrote, Pajes will likely start the season in either AA Tulsa or AAA Oklahoma City, but he likely won't make his debut until at least the 2025 season. He's a very talented hitter. However, so he could surprise. So we'll see how his season progresses. The Dodgers... They're in win-now mode after signing Otani and Yamamoto and all these pieces they have. And then on top of that, you added a Teoscar Hernandez. So Pajes wasn't going to have a clear-cut path to have an impact this season because of that signing, but just something to monitor. But when we come back, we're talking about the non-roster invites that could have a big impact for the Dodgers this season. You won't want to miss that. You got to get to know these names. That's coming up next here on Dodgers Dugout. <laughs> 
What up, Dodgers Nation? D-Mag here. I'm here to remind you that if you have not yet, be sure to subscribe to the number one Dodgers YouTube channel for all latest Dodgers news, rumors, hype videos, interviews, breakdowns, live streams, and more all year long. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. And if you really want to help the channel out, smash that like button. Also, you will not be eligible for any of our giveaways unless you are subscribed to the channel. So all you need to do to be eligible for all of our giveaways is just make sure that you are subscribed. We just gave away a brand new authentic Mookie Betts jersey valued at over $350. And we got tons of giveaways coming this offseason. So be sure to be subscribed so you are eligible to win. And as always, think blue, bleed blue, and please subscribe. And welcome back to Dodgers Dugout Live, presented by GearUp.LA and the Dodgers Nation app. If you haven't downloaded the Dodgers Nation app, definitely download it right now. The best Dodgers app in the game. You got scores, highlights, all the stories from Dodgers Nation. And head over to Dodgers Nation as well. You've got some stories on Tyler Glass now and the Dodgers catching prospects. Go to DodgersNation.com for all your Dodgers news, rumors, and everything Dodgers baseball. So head over to that. But here in our second segment we're going to dive into some of these non-roster invites because, look, on one hand, I totally get it. You look at the Dodgers' non-roster invites last year and you say to yourself, okay, did they have a big impact? Maybe not, right? And you look at the signings this offseason, you're thinking of Otani, you're thinking of Yamamoto, you're thinking of these big, bright, shiny new toys, these impact players, but let's not forget, winning in baseball is winning on the margins, and you never know when one of these guys is going to get their name called and be put in a position where he can have a big impact. And just to rewind before we get into those names, we're going to talk about the Dodgers bullpen. And last season, it feels like a distant memory at this point, but let's not forget last season, the Dodgers bullpen at one point, they were historically bad. They were the worst in franchise history. They were an absolute tire fire. They had an ERA of over five at one point, right? Their ERA was higher than Cody Bellinger on 420 at a music festival, right? I mean, their ERA was extremely high. They struggled. They went from the second best bullpen in 2022, where they posted a 287 ERA to the 26th in major league baseball. And a lot of the runs from an ERA standpoint and an inflation standpoint, a lot of those came with guys like Phil Bickford and Alex Vessia and Yancy Almonte and Andre Jackson, giving up home runs in games where either the Dodgers were trailing by a lot, they were up by a lot. So didn't tell the full story. And guys like Shelby Miller were really good. Evan Phillips, Bruce Dark Gratterall had the best year of his career. Ryan Brazier was an absolute revelation for the Dodgers. He had a point seventy ERA after he had an ERA over seven with the Boston Red Sox. Of course, if you know the story, Ryan Brazier, they taught him that cutter. He implemented that cutter. He was still touching 97-98 on the gun. He was outstanding for L.A. And I do think that if they could get him back on the right price, I would welcome him back with open arms with the Dodgers. But that bullpen, they were awful. And But by the end of the season, like I said, thanks to Ryan Brazier, thanks to the emergence of Bruce Dark Gratterall taking his game to another level, thanks to Evan Phillips continuing to pitch at a brilliant level, they turned things around. And if you remember, it all started during that two-game road series against the Angels. Against the Angels, they were incredible. That series, you had Caleb Ferguson Phillips. They both retired the side, had two punch-outs. The final two innings of that game after Clayton Kershaw had pitched seven scoreless, and that was on the opener on June 20th. And then the next night, 
the bullpen was even better. It was a planned bullpen game, and you had the Dodgers relievers combined for a two-hit shutout, and that was the game where they were going up against Shohei Otani, and Otani pitched seven runs, seven innings of one-run ball, and this Dodgers bullpen, they were phenomenal. They were outstanding. They allowed one run, gave up five hits, had 12 strikeouts, and that was the night where Ryan Brazier, he recorded four straight outs in his debut with the Dodgers. So the question now, though, it becomes, well, Brazier's not back as of yet, right? He was someone that totally changed the complexion of this bullpen, totally changed the outcome. And if you look at the numbers, they don't lie. The Dodgers, they were 29th place. They were in 29th place at one point as far as overall team bullpen. And that went from 29 to third place. And they finished with a 342 bullpen ERA. And they were just so much better than they were. And a lot of it had to do with Ryan Brazier and Shelby Miller. Both those guys are not going to be in that bullpen. I mean, look at what they did with inherited runners. They only allowed 53 of 203 inherited runners to score. That was the third best in the sport. So they performed well with inherited runners. Brazier was a dog. Miller was great. He was dealing with a little bit of an injury there, but he came back and he performed really well. And they picked things up in a big way. Those two guys are not back. And if you look at the current state of the bullpen, well, you might have one of these non-roster invites have some sort of an impact. Now, if you look at last season, 10 of the 16 non-rostered pitchers we're talking about guys like Bobby Miller, Robertson, guys like that. 10 of those 16, they would eventually go on to pitch at the major league level for the Dodgers. 10 out of 16. How many can you name right now? Well, I'll help you out with that. You had Bobby Miller, Gavin Stone, Nick Robertson, Brian Hudson, Wander Suero, Taylor Scott, not Tanner Scott, which was Tanner Scott, but Taylor Scott, Dylan Covey, Tyler Sear, Adam Kalerick. Didn't provide too much Kalerick value, but he definitely was decent. Jake Reed, those 10 pitchers, they combined to throw 196 innings for the Dodgers. They made 61 appearances. They posted a 542 ERA. Now, it's a little deceiving because Bobby Miller, he accounted for 124 and a third of those innings. He posted a 376 ERA on the year. So you take out Bobby Miller from that group, and those nine pitchers, not including Miller, combined for an 829 ERA, but did throw 71 in two-thirds innings. So point I'm trying to make is if we're looking at 70 innings for pitchers that weren't on the roster to start the year, well, guess what? All signs point to one of these next guys, maybe two of these next guys, having some sort of role on this team at some point. Now, the first one we're going to talk about and even just that, too. Not even just that. I mean, even if they're not pitching at the big league level, Ryan Pepio is in Tampa Bay, right? When Ryan Pepio left, you saw the depth at the major league level take a hit from a starting pitcher standpoint. Yes, you replace him with a Tyler Glass now, but Emmett Sheehan, what's his role going to be at the beginning of the year? Is he going to be the fifth starter? What role is he going to have? Will you see some AAA action for him and them utilize his options and things like that, right? So even if these guys don't get an opportunity to pitch in the show, they still could provide depth at the AAA level. And that's something that this organization needs. Now, the first name I'm going to get into is Daniel Hudson. Daniel Hudson has had a rough go of it. This is someone who's had some bad luck. I don't know if his luck is as bad as the Buffalo Bills kickers, right? Bass, Norwood, 
shanking kicks in big spots. I don't know if it's that bad because he did get the final out and saved a World Series in 2019. But from an injury standpoint, he's had a rough go of it throughout his career. Multiple Tommy John surgeries that forced him to transition from being a starting pitcher to a reliever. But for the Dodgers, I love the fact that they brought him back. I love the fact that he's not hanging them up because Daniel Hudson, great dude, great clubhouse presence. And the reality is this guy absolutely shoved when he was healthy. And you look at the deal they signed him to. They signed him on a minor league deal in December where he's going to make $2 million if he can make it back to the show, plus an additional $2 million in bonuses. So there's some incentives in there that make a lot of sense for him as well. And just to rewind on Huddy a little bit, last season he made it back from that ACL tear that he suffered against the Braves back in the 2022 season. And then he makes it back. And you hate to see this. It was his third appearance, and he goes on to sprain his MCL in his right knee, and it would force him to miss the remainder of the season. I remember at the time, he was in the bullpen. They were drinking like scotch. They had a moment, and it felt like that maybe that was it. Maybe he was going to call it a career, but that wasn't the case. He's decided to give it another go, and you guys know I bring my facts to the fight, and the fact is Daniel Hudson if he can get healthy, deserves another opportunity for this team. Because the last time we saw Huddy, he was absolutely dominant. He shoved. With the Dodgers, the past two seasons, he's posted a sub-2 ERA, a 198 ERA, a 31.5% strikeout rate. He's recorded six saves, and that's in 28 games and 27 and a third innings of work. Now, he's going to turn 37 in March, so he's getting up there in age. But this is someone who it feels like, Hey, he's down to empty the tank for another World Series run. He said this after he got injured last season. He said, that's kind of the bitter irony in all of this. I had all the arm troubles at the beginning of my career. If I told someone that I'd throw like 13,000 pitches in the big leagues and my knees would be the thing that makes me out, it kind of feels like a sick joke. But at this point, it is what it is. So for his knees to take him out, he doesn't want that, right? And I think that to me is a reason for optimism when it comes to Daniel Hudson is he's not coming back from some shoulder injury like like Clayton Kershaw. He's not coming back from an injury like a Blake Trinan with the shoulder. This is someone who's dealing with a lower body injury. And yes, the lower body plays a big role into being an effective pitcher, but I think he's still got a lot of bullets in that arm. I truly believe that. I think I would love to see Hudson give it another go because even before he was injured last season... I mean, he came back against Kansas City. He had a scoreless inning, had a punch out and a walk against the Pittsburgh Pirates, right? I mean, he was looking good until he wasn't. So I'm absolutely fueled with a ton of good feelings with Daniel Hudson. I truly believe that. Noise by Noel says Douglas and then McCain. What up, Noise by Noel? Go follow his NBA channel, one of the best up-and-coming NBA channels in the game. Always bring in the noise, Mr. Noise by Noel. But... There's no doubt about it. Daniel Hudson deserves an opportunity. I think there's a world where he's the Dodgers comeback player of the year, right? There's a chance that he has an impact on the level where he's not going to win the league comeback player of the year, but he's in the conversation for Dodgers comeback player of the year. I like this from hepatitis. See you later. Now they're probably going to get made the year off. He's dealt with too many injuries and setbacks. They're going to be extra careful. Now he just barely missed needing a traditional TJ. Great point. Hepatitis. See you later. If you watch the episode we did on Dustin May, he didn't have the traditional Tommy John 
surgery. You had the brace there. It's a different procedure, but it's supposed to help the recovery time. And I'm actually trying to get Dr. Neil Elitrach, the GOAT surgeon on this show, and hopefully we can talk about that. But it does feel like if you're going to bring him back at the earliest, you're talking about some point late next summer. And if, if you do, it's going to be in a bullpen role, a multi hitting relief role, possibly a swingman role. We're using him as an opener, but let's just get him healthy and we'll cross that bridge when he gets there. But I think you have to look at Dustin May as found money next season. You have to look at him as the icy on the cake, that money you find in the couch cushions, right? You can't rely on it, right? You can't rely on that money. It has to be found money. And I would love to see Dustin Mania back, but it's would be a bonus. It would be an absolute bonus for sure. Next name we're going to get into. Another non-roster invite that the Dodgers have signed recently is Nabil Chrismat. Now, Nabil is someone who you're probably familiar with in his time with the San Diego Padres. And if you're wondering, Nabil is a Palestinian name that means noble and kind. Well, unfortunately, injuries weren't kind to him last season. He suffered a hip strain. He was DFA'd by the Padres in June. He was outrighted to the minors. And when he was with the Padres last season, he posted an ERA close to 10 in 11 innings of work. He ultimately would elect for free agency, and he ended up signing with the Diamondbacks on a minor league contract, and he would get an opportunity for the Snakes in August. He pitched in one game, gave up two hits, and no runs. So he was able to make it back to the show. That has to be a little encouraging for him, considering how bad of a year he had last season. And you look at the year he had, he gave 13 runs, 12 earned, allowed 19 hits in eight games, an 831 ERA total, a 621 FIP, a 6 FIP is not going to get it done in this league, and a 491 expected FIP. So the expected numbers don't love him, but there was some bad luck. And one of the expected numbers that I'm looking at with Nabil is the changeup. The changeup is his best pitch. He throws it at almost a 50% clip. Last season, his changeup got lit up like a Christmas tree. Opponents hit 310 off his changeup. But encouraging sign, the encouraging sign is that he had a 210 expected batting average. So expected to hit 210. The results were 310. So did get some bad luck on that changeup. And from 2021 to 2022, on the Padres, and that's what I'm looking for with these reclamation projects. It's one, how healthy are you? Two, how much recent success have you had? Recent vintage. How much of a distant memory is it since the time when you're actually effective? And for him, it hasn't been that long. In 2021 and 2022, on the Padres combined, he posted 391 ERA, had a 376 FIP in 95 games. So that's a lot of production. 95 games, a sub four FIP, an ERA at 339, had 136 strikeouts to 46 walks. If you can get him back to being that pitcher, he's just 29 years old. It's not outside of the realm of possibility. And another thing you love about him is he's been a workhorse. He's thrown 145.2 innings in that stretch, 145 and two thirds with the Padres those two seasons. That was the third most for any reliever in Major League Baseball. And 48 of those 95 appearances, they were more than one inning. 15 of those went for more than two innings. So the thing about him, Nabil Krismet, is that he's someone that can go multiple innings. He can even go more than two innings. The changeup when it's right, 
is a very effective pitch for him. It's a pitch that he can live off of. He just has to return to form. And maybe that's health. Maybe that's mechanically. Maybe that is just a different opinion. But this is a very interesting signing for me because the fact that the Dodgers brought him in after seeing him so often when he was with the Padres, it lets me know that they've already identified something in him where they're saying, okay, we can fix him. He's not that far off. Let's get him healthy. Let's get his mechanics right. Let's look at how he's attacking hitters. Can we teach him a new pitch? Can we teach him a new grip? What I always say, the D in Dodger stands for development. Also, there's no such thing as a random Dodger. I know sometimes over on Twitter, I always ask you, try to think of your most random Dodger. For me, the most random Dodger I can think of right now is Will Ferrell. Of course, the great Will Ferrell Jordan, if you know this, Will Ferrell actually played in a real spring training game for the Dodgers. I'll show you that clip after. But Will Ferrell is definitely the most random Dodger I can think of. In fact, let me know down below. What's the most random Dodger that pops into your brain right now? Brandon Cruz, this is a comment of the show. I'm always looking for that comment of the show. Brandon Cruz goes, Mark Pryor will get it done. Now, the staff for Mark Pryor, it's big. It's in-depth. The analytics, the profiles, everything they do definitely says we are going to try everything. We got I Got Jams. When a non-roster invitee shows up with two left curlies, you know you made a mistake. That's from I Got Jams, a fire take. Fire take. Lorenzo, a 999 super chat. Definitely want to get to this super chat for sure over here. You know, I appreciate you guys with those super chats. DMAC, most random Dodger. <laughs> I like that. Could rushing be a third baseman replacement for Muncie Hayden? He has played some third baseman. I like Benny the Jet Rodriguez from Cole. Will Farrell has played more games than Rendon. Fire take. Juan Marichal. Yeah, look, Dalton rushing is someone. Look, Will, Will Smith has two more years of team control, right? And Dalton rushing is someone who can absolutely rake. He has a refined swing. He's got great power. He's got great pitch recognition. And... If that's his ticket on the field with this team, it'd be pretty interesting because even though Max Muncy signed that extension, you don't really have that third baseman right now that you're looking at in the future for this team. So it's definitely a fun thought to have. So I like that thought right over there. So I'm trying to get to that super chat. When we see in DMAC at the Ravine, Edgar, you're going to see me there all season long. I'll be on the field doing pregame shows, postgame shows. After you're going to see me during the games and I run into a good amount of you guys at the game. So always look for me at Dodger stadium. Look for me at 1000 Vin Scully Ave. invites. Look, I like this, Joe. There's a fire take invites. Look what I found at the bottom of the junk drawer. <laughs> look, it's definitely a junk drawer type situation. I'm not saying these guys are gonna have a massive impact, but last year we saw that outside of Bobby Miller, nine of these guys that didn't make the opening day roster end up pitching over 70 innings. So you are going to see these guys. So it's important to get familiar. Like I said, this show is, uh, we hit every single angle on the Dodgers Nation YouTube channel here on Dodgers Dugout Live. Best place to get Dodgers content. Let's go, baby. That's from my friend Mark Reinhardt over there. Thank you, Mark, over there. Let's, I like the, some more Rendon bus. I like that. We got, uh, I'd release this winer quickly. Bad medicine for his team by... Cody DMAC should be a commentator with Joe Davis. I love my man, Joe Davis. Joe Davis is the man. Thank you, Freddie, over there. DMAC, best content. You guys are the best fans of the game. You guys are part of this content. Just so you know, you guys are as important as anyone when it comes to this content machine because of your comments down below. Download the app. That's from Nonay and immediately deleted it. Well, that's not very nice. 
Did you check it out? I definitely recommend downloading and checking it out. What's up, DMAC? What up over there, Chico? What's up? What up? Let's go down here. I'm trying to get that super chat. It's all like a 99 super chat. I don't want to miss those super chats. Oh, here we go. Lorenzo, 999. That Michelada I tagged when was good. Let's go, Dodgers. What up, Lorenzo over on YouTube, Jordan, this weekend? I had someone that tagged me in a picture of a Michelada. And he said that you talk about these so often that I wanted to try one. So that's Lorenzo. And he liked it. Hey, those Micheladas are fire, right? And most important thing is you look at that Michelada half full, right? But uh, let's see. We got more random Dodgers. Will Farrell for 10 years, $145 million. He's got them spooky. Darren Dryford. You know Darren Dryford? This is not a not-so-fun fact, but he actually had the bubonic plague at one point. That's not something you want. Casey Blake, hepatitis. See you later. Murakami from Japan plays third base. Roy Estrada. I'm actually doing a video on Murakami later this week. Look for that one. Thanks, Eminem, for signing up for that YouTube channel. Appreciate that. So let's continue to break this down. Wandy Peralta, I'll talk about that in a little bit here. Maybe I'll break that down in a video as well. But let's, I be stroking as always. What up, Dodgers fan? What up, I be stroking? Always rock with us. You know, we appreciate you. So, yeah, just a further breakdown. Nabil is, this is someone, like I said, workhorse, 145 and two thirds innings in 2021 and 2022. Third most for big league relievers. You're talking about almost half of his, of his appearances were multi inning appearances. And 15 of those were more than two innings. So that's definitely something that is rare. You don't see that very often. A guy that is comfortable doing multiple up-downs, right? And you're talking about two, three up-downs. That's not something you see, especially for a guy that was still able to go out out there and be effective. Now, you look at his strikeout rate, 23.2 strikeout rate, 23.2% strikeout rate in those years. The walk rate between 6 and 7.9%. Last season, it was a career worst, 18.5%. The walk rate, 10.8%. That was a career worst. You look at the opponent's batting average at 333. That was a career worst. The BABIP at 381. So there are certain numbers that point to some positive regression towards the mean. The high BABIP numbers, the high expected batting average on that changeup. I think this is an, uh, a name. This is definitely a name you want to keep your eyes on to see if they can get him back. And at the very least, you hope you provide some quality depth. Now, next name we're going to talk about, we're going to keep bringing down these non-roster invites. Next name we're going to talk about is a name that one of the more recent ones, and it was first reported by JP Hornster here at Dodgers Nation. And we're talking about Steven Gonzalez. Now, Steven Gonzalez is someone that Southern California kid, I did a deep dive on him. He's just hasn't had a long track record. There's not a lot of history of him in the show. He's dealt with injuries. He hasn't had that perfect situation to give him the runway to see what he can do at this level. A little rewind. He's just tossed 41 innings in the Cubs minor league system. So last two seasons, he's only thrown 41 innings for the Cubs. He had Tommy John surgery in 2022. He went to Cathedral High School in San Diego. He's 29. He was drafted by the Twins in the fourth round in 2013. So he was actually picked 14 spots above Cody Bellinger during that draft. And what's pretty interesting is I kind of did a little too much deep dive. I'm like an archaeologist, baby. I like to dig. I like to dig. And he was actually expected to go higher in that draft, but his senior statistics, 
and his numbers were just a little different there because he missed over a month because he was caught lying to his dean to cover his roommate smoking marijuana and he committed to San Diego State. So would you guys do that? Would you guys lie for your for your teammates? Yeah. Jordan says you would. Would you guys lie to your teammate for your teammates in that situation? Hey, it's probably being a good teammate there. I think you can see it as that, right? He made his big league debut with the Twins in 2018. Didn't fare well. Had a 6.57 ERA and 24 and two-thirds innings of work. Then three years later, he made it back to the show with the Bo Sox, and he pitched in three games, gave up two earned runs, very minimal sample size. And then you're talking about an extremely small sample size. So it's tough to take too much away from that. But 10 games, four starts, 24 runs, 30 hits, 29 innings of work, 24 walks and 20 strikeouts, a 14.3% strikeout rate and a 17.1 walk rate. So you don't need to be a baseball expert to know that that's no bueno, right? Anytime you have more walks than strikeouts, that's a recipe for disaster. That's when you need to start updating that LinkedIn. And you're probably more likely going to be an Uber driver than a big league pitcher, right? So you definitely want to see him fix things up, but let's talk about the positives here is he's a lefty. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, the Dodgers, they only have three lefty relievers on their 40 man roster, Caleb Ferguson, Alex Vezia and Ryan Yarbrough. If you look at his stuff, he's a four seam curveball slider guy, averaged 92.8 miles per hour on that four seam. So he's not a high velo guy, but four seam curveball slider. We'll see what they can do with him. It's a name to Definitely monitor. Then next guy we're talking about is Jesse Hahn. Now, Jesse Hahn is someone who has had more of a track record. This is someone who we know a little more about because he's gotten his opportunities at the big league level. It was first reported that the Dodgers signed Hahn to a minor league contract with a non-roster invitation, invitation to camp. So he's got the invite, right? He's got the golden ticket. And this was first reported by Fabian Ardaya that Han had signed a minor league contract with the Dodgers with a non-roster invitation. So he will be at spring training. He will get an opportunity. Now, for him, it's like a lot of these guys, right? A lot of those struggles can be traced to injuries. A lot of their time spent on the IL where you're not able to get back to where you were when you had those flashes, when you had that potential shine on the biggest stage. He suffered a right shoulder impingement syndrome that completely nixed his 2021 season in May, and he hasn't pitched at the major league or minor league level ever since. So we haven't seen him in the show since 2021, since he suffered from that right shoulder impingement syndrome. So right shoulder impingement syndrome is something that really has a big impact on pitchers, right? The recovery time, how quickly you respond and bounce back. It's very, very tricky, but he's someone that, has pitched in parts of seven seasons at the major league level. You might remember him with the Padres, the A's, the Royals. He's posted a 422 ERA, a sub four FIP at 393, 241 punch outs to 121 walks and 311 and a thirds innings of work. So that is a pretty substantial sample size, right? It's not like some of the guys we've talked about where they're a pretty relative unknown. It's a big mystery box element to them. And he also missed the 2018 season after Tommy John surgery. He pitches eight and thirds innings that year in the majors and minors combined in 2019. So this is someone who 
The road to recovery has been a longer one. But like I said, the offseason, he's someone that has been generating a tiny little buzz, right? If you look at Twitter, if you look at some of these developmental complexes, he's someone that he worked with the Fuel Factor Sports in Scottsdale. You've seen some videos of him. And there's a lot of talk that the velocity is back, that his velo is back to where it was when he was in the show. His sinker close to 95 miles per hour. He's a big sinker pitcher, throws it almost 70% of the time, throws the curveball 22.7% of the time, slider 10.2% of the time. He's another guy who his best pitch was getting beaten up. Last time we saw him, opponents were hitting 400 on his sinker with a 278 expected batting average. So that's something you want to see too. He has the potential to be an elite ground ball pitcher, Wishing the best for him. And then last one we're going to talk about is Eliezer Hernandez. And we did a full video on Eliezer Hernandez, but he's another guy you can see getting an opportunity. Spent most of the 2023 season rehabbing from a right shoulder strain. He's someone who's also a non-roster invitee to spring training. He was traded to the Marlins from the Mets before last season. He finished the year having thrown just nine and a thirds innings of work at the minor league level. He was outrighted off the roster in November. He chose free agency. And for him, he's very intriguing because if you look at his highlights, if you look at some flashes he's had in previous seasons, there is stuff to be excited about. He had a 3-1-6 ERA in 2020, just six starts, had that strain latissimus Dorsey, and then he posted a 4-1-8 ERA in 2021, only made 11 starts, but over those two seasons, had a 26.3% strikeout rate, a 5.7 walk rate. So you really get excited about those numbers. A above average strikeout rate, a below average walk rate. Only problem is he had that ERA balloon to 635 in 2022 after you had the lost season. So there definitely is the injury issues. There's no doubt about it. He is prone to injury. He's had four 60-day IL stints in the last four seasons. He had the strained bicep. He had the bicep inflammation, the right quad strain, the pectoral strain. So, like I said, he's another guy who should have his mail sent to the IL because he practically lives there. But there's definitely some potential in that one. I mean, parts of five big league seasons with the Marlins, 48 games, 42 appearances in relief, a 504 ERA, a 551 FIP, 287 and two-thirds innings of work. Actually, it's been better as a starter than as a reliever. But, yes, are these guys dollar menu items? For sure. Someone call them junk drawer items. Yeah, that's true. But this is where you bank on your development. This is where you bank on the Dodgers pitching lab with Mark Pryor. And they didn't just sign these guys because they thought, okay, we want to be a charity and give these guys some free money. No, they sign all these guys because they think they can help this organization. So if it's Hernandez, if it's Han, if it's Gonzalez, if it's Hudson, who I hope gets a chance, if it's Blake Trinan, who rounds somehow back into the form, one of these guys is going to get an opportunity. It's just a matter of which one is it going to be. Based on what we saw last season, one of these guys is going to get an opportunity because you have injuries. Injuries are inevitable. It's a long season, right? So these are the names to familiarize yourself with because you don't want to be sitting there one day chilling and there's some guy on the mound. You're like, who's this dude? I don't want to include this guy the next time DMAC asks me who's the most random Dodger I can think of, right? 
You want to know these guys and get familiar before the season begins. But just looking at this bullpen as a whole, I mean, pitchers, the 40-man roster, the way it's, it's played up right now is, sure, you got the names we talked about, but there's also the young guns, right? The Kyle Hurts, the Nick Frossos. Don't forget Michael Grove and Gavin Stone. Landon Knack should get an opportunity this season. So you're going to need one of those guys to step up and take advantage of their opportunity. And something tells me that Kyle Hurt is going to have a big impact on this bullpen. Something tells me that by season's end, Kyle Hurt is a pitcher that has a prominent role in the Dodgers pen. And recently I caught up with Dodgers prospect expert, Casey Porter, and I asked him about Kyle Hurt. And here's what he told me. Now, Kyle Hurt is someone who, of course, Dodgers fans got to see. You saw he made light work of that Padres line with Tatis and Soto Machado. To me, what really stands out with Kyle Hurt is that fastball plays in the zone. His stuff plays in the zone. He misses bats, that change it with the tumble, the way it has that fade, the whiff rate of it. I mean, Kyle Hurt is someone who I think it feels like next season he could have a prominent role maybe towards the end of the year, get an opportunity in that Dodgers bullpen in the show. Yeah, so here's the deal. You mentioned Ryan Pepio, Gavin Stone earlier. So the first lesson, you, you kind of have that eureka moment, I call it, where, hey, if I do everything perfectly at the major league level, if I execute everything perfectly, I can get out, right? Oh, that's cool. Okay, so then the next step in confidence is, well, what if I don't execute perfectly? What happens then? So then when you realize, hey, my stuff's actually good enough to get guys out when I'm not pitching perfectly. Does that make sense? That's when you really know you got something that's really good at the major league level. That's Kyle Hurt. Yeah. So Kyle Hurt doesn't have to, to pitch to the margins. He doesn't have to pitch perfectly. He doesn't have to try to throw the perfect pitch. All he has to do is throw strikes a lot of times, and he's going to get – that's how good his fastball is, his changeup, and then that bullet slider that he likes to call. And I asked him point blank, what is the one thing that you need to do to be successful? And he said, just repeat my delivery. It's literally that simple for him. The exciting part, you mentioned it, Doug, about him is the fact that it's entirely up to him. We know his stuff gets the best hitters in the major league and the major leagues out, and it gets them out while he is in the zone with it, correct? That's really the telling tale right there. It's one thing to say, hey, if a guy paints the corner here, he throws a perfect changeup, he get Okay, it's another thing also to say, just throw it in the zone, you get out. That's Kyle Hurt. Okay, so it's entirely up to him. If he repeats his delivery, if he is in the strike zone and challenging hitters, he is a very good major league pitcher. So that's what's very exciting about him is the fact that it's all on him. I love it, man. It's that big boy stuff, yeah. just attacking hitters. He's someone who I think the world of as far as this stuff, do you see him more as a mid-rotation starter as his ceiling? Or do you think that, okay, this is someone with with his mix, you just go ahead and see if he can be that high leverage at the bullpen. It's one or the other. I think his stuff is so good that you either need him to start games and set the tone for you, or you need him to be at the back of the end at the back end of games and getting the most important outs. His stuff is too electric. It's too good to be in the middle part of the games. It's too good just to be the guy that you consider just getting you through the the the, the middle innings. Does that make sense to you? I don't care which way they go with him. I don't care if they make him a starter. I don't care if they make him a closer, but I want him in the most important parts of the game. That's that's the role I would put him in. He doesn't care where he pitches. He doesn't he just wants it to be in the major leagues, right? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I just love him as a high leverage bullpen weapon. Almost him as someone who you could just step onto the scene and surprise hitters in the post. 
Seeing so many comments down below. They're just fired. Takes all this one from the right field pavilion saying Anthony Rendon believes Doug should not go past one hour on his live chat. Yeah, he doesn't believe in one hour live chats, right? He probably wants a 15 minute one with Anthony Rendon. Like I said, only thing that should be shortened is his contract if I'm a Do Angels fan. But I just came from a catcher's first save in July of 2010 at Doyer Stadium. Did he ever amount to anything? We got less than 300 for 80K. Salute DMAC. That's from... I'd be stroking. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. I saw Pedro Astacio for random Dodger. Hey, Sab Choi. I remember Pedro Astacio. He ended up having some okay years with the Rockies. How could we forget that? D-Max, should we go after Raldis Chapman? We're going to talk about that tomorrow. Ricky Vasquez. I love this. Ryan Brazier, Manzier, Seinfeld reference. Yeah, I love that. It's fire for sure. Can't be worse than Cindergard. Yeah, Cindergard, Cindergon. Thor thud, but yeah, you heard him talk about Kyle hurt, Kyle hurt with the different shapes of the breaking ball, the way he can work in the zone like that. This is someone who's got the kind of stuff that just screams postseason high leverage arm that can go out there and attack hitters, not just any hitters, but the top of a lineup to make your big league debut and get out Tatis Soto and Machado. That's impressive. That is some impressive stuff. I'm not saying that he went full Carl Hubble there in the 1934 big league all-star game, that major league all-star game, Carl Hubble, he struck out five of the best hitters in baseball history. He punched out Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, Jimmy Fox, Al Simmons, and Joe Cronin. He's not going to do that, but still an incredibly impressive debut. Someone who I think has something to build upon and he has momentum heading into this season. By the way, I'm dropping that full interview with me and Casey Porter later today. Just watch it. That's all I have to say. Watch and learn from Casey Porter, someone who, when it comes to Dodgers prospects, he's as good as it gets. Top two, not two. But a couple more comments here, guys, and we will let you enjoy the rest of your Monday. You guys can get back to work if you're on your lunch break. By the way, I apologize to your – I like that random Dodger, Ismail Mr. Blister Valdez. How about when Ismail B Valdez and Mike Piazza got in a fight there in the shower? Syndergaard set the bar so low. Eminem signed Kershaw and have him come out of the bullpen. He's not really built for the bullpen is the only issue. I mean, he's someone whose stuff plays up in the course of a four, five, six, seven inning start. You don't want to, have to throw him out there throwing 90, 91 mile per hour fastballs because you don't locate one of those and it's over your head. It's into the pavilion like we saw in 2019 with, coincidentally, a player we've talked a lot about today and Anthony Rendon. So I don't want to see him do that. I don't want to see them try to rewrite his narrative out of the bullpen. So, yeah, to me, it's you can just as an opener and limit those innings, but not as a bullpen guy. He's someone that's such a stickler for routine, too. But thanks, David E. I appreciate you over there, guys. Yeah, I'm always looking for these comments, and I'm going to read some on tomorrow's show, too. Um, Swelling Sausage, he supposedly had the best mechanics ever to come out of UCLA, but he was injured his whole career. He should have been a Hall of Fame pitcher. Kirsch needs to try throwing right-handed. He's cooked. Wait, who are we talking about over there? Hepatitis, see you later. Kershaw is coming back. He wants to be a part of his dream and win a World Series. Andrew, I couldn't agree more. I think that if Kershaw is healthy, I think if he thinks he's going to be effective, I think if he can still play this game at a high level, I think he wants to pitch. And there's only one team he should pitch for, and that's the Los Angeles Dodgers. And yes, you signed Otani. Yes, you signed Yamamoto. Yes, you have a ton of talent. Let's not forget that Kershaw is one of the big reasons why this team is where 
they are. And I haven't heard one person even hint at this, but I've been thinking about this for the last couple of weeks. Without Clay and Kershaw, yes, you can talk about some of his bad starts in the postseason. Of course, you won't bring up game one of the 2017 World Series. You won't bring up how he pitched in the 2020 World Series. But I think people that want to build a narrative, they can talk about, yes, Clay and Kershaw is bad in the postseason. I see the people out there posting memes, the choker, right? Chokeshaw. It's ridiculous, right? But without Clay and Kershaw, would we have Shohei Otani? Ask yourself that question. If it wasn't for Clayton Kershaw and putting this team on his back for so many years that led to so much regular season dominance, that's what Otani looked at. He looked at the stability of this organization. He looked at an organization that can give you a ticket to the dance, that can pretty much guarantee you a postseason appearance. So I think Kershaw absolutely deserves credit for at the very least, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer who's had a tremendous career. He's had his nice starts in the postseason. He's had his great starts in the postseason. Milwaukee, Atlanta. I mean, there's a lot to talk about, right? You're going to magnify the bad ones. Cardinals, Mets, right? We're not going to talk about those, okay? But reality is that the organization was able to have the offseason it did because of the stability they've built over the last decade. That does not go unnoticed by this Dodgers fan right here. The Dodgers should bring back Belly. Helen doesn't have a role. And why would you bring back Belly when you can get someone for an extremely reduced rate in a James Albin? Above average bat, above average defender. So we'll talk about that tomorrow. A couple more. <coughs> Tanner Scott. Yeah, I love to see everyone on that. Tanner Scott. Hype train for sure. Trying to build that. I've been the conductor right here. Beerus says 438 people on their bathroom break. Yeah, if you're on the toilet seat, standing, ducking, trying to avoid your boss and they're turning and looking for you saying, hey, hey Beerus, Beerus, why aren't you at your cubicle, Beerus? Hey, we know why. You're watching Dodgers dugout. I love his compete. That's from Dave Roberts. Guys, I could read your comments all day. Thanks for rocking with us here. Rendon, the biggest Mickey Mouse in Anaheim. Fire take. Ronnie, here's a fire take to end this. Pajes will be better than Outman in 2025. Yep, guys. So we'll check with you later. Be on the lookout for that interview I'm dropping with Mr. Casey Porter. Get your prospect knowledge up, and you definitely will with Casey Porter. So absolutely watch that. Dropping that probably 5 o'clock today. Thanks, as always. Rock with us here on Dodgers Dugout Live. If you haven't yet, I don't know what you're doing. Subscribe to the Dodgers Nation YouTube channel, the number one YouTube channel in the game. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. And if you really want to support the channel, smash that like button. We are closing in on 80,000 subscribers. And when we do... The very next show, we will be giving away a brand new Shohei Otani number 17 jersey. And you know what else we'll do? And I'm making this decision right here is we'll announce our next giveaway because you guys deserve it. So getting close to 80K, all you have to do, subscribe to the channel, comment done down below, and you will be eligible to win. If you haven't subscribed, do that. Follow us over on Instagram. Follow us over on Twitter. Follow me on X. Follow me on Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. And remember, nothing brings us together quite like Dodger baseball. Until next time, think blue, bleed blue, and I... In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring up, bring up. 
them whole. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.